Hey Associates! This uh, episode is the recording of our lecture from Monday, January 31st, and we talk about um, really specifically some examples of you know, public relations in other forms, specifically some email and social media applications. Um, and we also did like a quiz um, just reviewing last weeks and the, the week before that's uh, material. And then we end with kind of just a workshop and time to come up with questions. And so, you know, as you're starting to meet with clients, you know, taking that time beforehand to prep for the meeting and write down what questions do you need answers to? What information is going to help you with your PR planning? All right, let's go back in time. Hi, it's Monday. Yeah, how are you all? Pretty, pretty good. That's good. Hi. It was really feeling Monday, you know, just because you sort of graduate and you have a job and you get paid does not take away the feeling of sometimes you're like, oh, I don't want to. And that was one of those days for me, just a little bit. So it just kind of sparked, uh, I take this time now as you're finishing up school to figure out, you know, what are some real strategies to help you get motivated? Because yeah, just because we're not a student anymore doesn't mean we don't have days where you just don't want to do anything. For me, I like listening to a podcast as I get ready and I have noticed if I don't like start the podcast right away, like if I just kind of lay in bed and look at Instagram and don't just like start the podcast, I will lay in bed so much longer than, you know, be rushed. And so today was one of those mornings where I had to set like a micro goal and be like, just start playing a podcast and like get out of bed. You need to go do it. Ah, life hacks. Start figuring that, that out now because it doesn't really stop. And Sometimes you just need to take a day off. Tomorrow, I'm like, I have no meetings actually scheduled. Depending on how much progress I make on my actual projects today, I might use a vacation day tomorrow. We'll see. So that's how my week is starting. Woo! That's okay, because I got my Monday motivation playlist going when I got to the office, and now I'm here to do a lecture for you. I'm excited. So we are going to um, really focus on how you can prep for your client meetings. You can have your real recommended task. Strongly encourage you find that time to actually talk to your clients this week. Um, so that way you can really establish, you know, their goals, things that they're interested in, potential opportunities you might be working with, um, and are able to start filling out their kind of media kit. So Wednesday, we're gonna talk about communication audits and kind of start that process of, you know, putting together all of their branding, their mission statement, their timeline, things you'll read about in the media kit on page 50 this week. Um, and then Friday, we'll spend some more time actually kind of creating a little graphic that could be useful for that. So yeah, make sure you reach out to them and get that meeting scheduled or at least get answers to those questions. So in prepping for the client meeting, first we are going to do a little quick refresh review of things we've talked about the last what, three weeks. Mainly because if you, you know, study and take a quiz one time, 
you don't really have to learn it because we can just be like, it's in my brain, and then we forget about it. So we're going to keep thinking about all these big, most important topics all semester long. So sorry with that. Then um, I just have some examples of different ways that kind of PR has played out, um, stemming from, yes, press releases, but also going into the other ways that we can kind of maximize our coverage, get people uh, connected to the conversation and build some of that visibility. And then we'll end with, you're just setting aside some time to actually write up some questions and maybe you know, you'll be able to submit like your progress reports before you leave. We'll see how the conversation goes. So let's start with our quiz. You can open up your Slido. Um, and I think there's six questions or so. Go ahead and log in. I can do mobile, desktop, you know the drill. Nice. <laughs> I'll be able to pop in as we go as well. <sighs> and I did go through um, and like look over the lecture quiz from last week, kind of adjusted any points, especially on that uh, short answer. If it's like, yeah, close enough, note to self, short answers, just not, not the vibe. Um, certainly, but I'm not trying to ask you trick questions, certainly. All right, and so you can continue joining at any time. First question, what is a boilerplate? Thinking about our press release, that press release template, what are we really referring to when we talk about the boilerplate in our press release? team exactly the boilerplate very specifically is all that standard info about our clients and so this week in your meetings yes so on our, on our industry summaries yes. uh, are we supposed to be doing the boilerplate on like the news organization or are we supposed to be on like the themselves yeah uh, if you can find the information about the author that works too, but I would say just the news organization. Kind of the goal of that is practicing, right? Finding that kind of like about us getting to their mission. Um, and so that's the skill we're working on. So I'd say either. But I would go first to the organization just since that will be, you know, a little bit more standard, probably easier to find as well. Though certainly some places have author pages. But that's a great question. Go with the organization. Focus on practicing that skill of, you know, summarizing what this entity is about. Great question. Yeah. All right. What do the three hashtags at the on a document mean? And this is all about helping our readers feel confident why we put them. If you ever see them, it helps signal to you something important about that document. 
Yes, oh, we're crushing it, exactly. The end, it's just a little signal note to say, hey, don't worry, you didn't lose a page, you don't need to flip it over. This is the end, I gave you all the information that you need. Yes. True, false. As PR folks, we never write quotes for clients. That is psh, not something that we do. True, false. Oh, that was so quick, yes. So we talked about some of the main sort of responsibilities and things a lot of PR folks find themselves doing is literally writing what the quote, what the statement, what the speech, what the words are going to be. So don't be afraid to do that work, but we do wanna make sure our clients write approved quotes that we claim they are saying and give them the opportunity to tweak, edit, make it feel true to them, perfect. All right, what is the general order? So the, the correct order for a press release, kind of our big, big elements. Where do we start? If you imagine at the top of the page, what would you put each order in? Ah. Yes, look at y'all, exactly. All right, we're gonna start with the date line. That is the location, the date if applicable to when it's going to be happening. Then we get into the summary, our big picture, the details. We tell them here's what the news event is. Boilerplate was at the bottom of the page and then three hashtags tell them this is it. This is the end, you're crushing it. Okay, now this kind of goes back to the first week of class, which is not one of the strategies for taking good notes for work. So thinking about, ah, uh, you're in a meeting, you're at work, what strategy is not recommended to kind of be really effective in that situation? There we go. Mm, acing it, exactly. Writing down every single thing being said, not recommended, not super effective. Um, because if you're writing down rapidly, like every single little thing that someone's talking about, you're not listening. And mostly what you need to do in a work meeting is like, listen, you contribute. And we try to get really good at identifying the key pieces that we want to write down. So it's definitely action items. Always want to make sure we have that. Summarize the big picture, especially at the end of the meeting. And then drawing any connections are going to help us. But there's a lot of stuff that people talk about that it's like, listen, so it's in your brain, but probably don't need to devote that time writing it down. Awesome. And this is the last question, I believe. What does PESTOL, thinking again back to our strategic planning, what does it most directly help us do? If you do a PESTOL analysis, how is it helping you plan most directly? Of course, everything on our planning worksheet kind of weaves a little bit in and out, might inform, but directly when we talk about doing a PESTOL analysis, some people also might call it things like a SWOT analysis, an environmental scan. What are we really trying to accomplish? Nice. Ooh, split decision. So it is 
directly referring to our ability to unpack the situation, what is going on, right? It's our factors uh, that might get in the way of our message, that might help our message. PESTEL is the sort of acronym for uh, looking at the politics, economic factors, social cultural factors, any kind of technology influences, legal and laws we need to be aware of, and environmental aspects. So it's all about what's the situation our PR campaign resides in, what's the situation our brand and our client exists within that we need to be aware of. Now, once you do the PESTEL and unpack the situation, it certainly might inform some of the key messages and those key points. More likely it will inform kind of how you present those key points and identifying key points should come more directly from your client, right, from your goals. Uh, but yeah, they all definitely weave in and out. But if somebody says, oh, I really need a pesto analysis done, that means they want to understand the situation that we're kind of operating within. Very good. Cool. Oh, look at that, you even beat me You're so fast. All right, any questions, thoughts from the prior weeks as we start a new unit? Cool, well, you know where to find me. So, again, this week is all about kind of expanding our reach um, and our toolkit generally for public relations, building off of press releases. So you're gonna be reading you know, the second half of chapter four, and then also going to chapter 10, which really just gets into different ways that we get information out to these news organizations still, kind of specifically. And so one of the big ways, especially today that we're seeing, emails and using social media and kind of packaging it more in this pitch of like, hey, I have this story you might be interested in. And then we often get to attach still our press release because if they're interested in it, they're probably gonna ask for that nice condensed information anyway. So we still wanna do a press release, but often you'll be like emailing it, attaching it. So your pitch will go in the email, then you have it attached. We also see reaching out on social media quite a bit. I even see it in my work with our campus friends and partners as well. So first I have this little, this happened over the weekend and I'm just like super excited, partly because I feel like I accomplished something cool and it makes me feel excited. And when you accomplish things, you should feel like proud of it. And second, because it literally, I was like, it's public relations at work, yay. So a little background context. I did my dissertation on podcasters, specifically like film critic podcasters. And they had the sample of five. You know, after I finished, offended, yay, it's all done, I sent it to the podcasters I had covered. And so that operates very similar to a pitch, actually. I kind of followed, like, even a little subconsciously, very similar things. It was like, newsworthy event, i.e., I did research on you. You might find this relevant, interesting, newsworthy. Here's the information. So as I was going through, Right, I still summarize the big picture, just like we talked about, um, telling them, hey, I did this thing. Here's why you might be interested. If I had sent this to, I don't know, like a, a, the faculty newsletter on campus, they often have announcements about like, you know, publications or whatever. I would take almost exactly the same big picture, but reword it, right, slightly for this new audience. So big picture paragraph, still happening, just like we talk about. 
Then I provided those highlights, the quotes, right, that we talk about, the thing I thought my audience would be most interested in. You know, in this case, here's the pages that I specifically talked about you with and each of the podcasters I sent this to. Obviously, revising the highlight section to be like, here are your pages. Uh, and then, oops. They responded, which is like, oh, because I like love these people. It's so exciting. But anyway, so basically I wrote a pitch. I had attached the document to it and, you know, they read it and they even gave me a shout out. So this is just one of them. I also got a response. Anybody like pop culture happy hour with NPR? NPR in the house? No NPRs? Oh my gosh. Well, they also responded and a couple other people. So at its core, you know, a little bit different purpose, but it's really the core things that we're talking about with PR. And so if you have personal projects, right, that you're doing, you have your own kind of personal brand, you know, reach out. You can practice these same things. You don't have to be working for a client and talking directly to the news to kind of help promote yourself and, you know, get things that you're excited about out there. Just always make sure big picture, highlights and quotes, and they might even respond. And then not only did they just respond, but they said my name. So anyway, very exciting. Would you put it out there if it is newsworthy in terms of relevant to the person you're sending it to, timely to the person you're sending it to, you can generate PR right, for yourself, for your clients. And then even a step further as we tie it back into things like social media. I was reading through the comment section as they post like their video version and then they have the audio version. And I know somebody said something. So now I had an opportunity to like, engage, respond back, further plug, kind of my own little brand, my stuff. And so this is all PR in action. And it was just really exciting weekend for me. I was like, ah, um, to use it, put yourself out there. Even though I was like so nervous, so nervous to originally send that email. I was like, oh, what if they hate it? Like a lot of these people that do that podcast have a PhD too. And it was like, they're gonna read it and think I'm like stupid or like did it wrong. But you just gotta be brave, put yourself out there. And at the core, good PR professional is willing to just be like, yes, I think you'll find this newsworthy, send it on. So that's kind of just one example of how it literally played out over the weekend and I just can't even believe it. Uh, Thoughts, questions, thoughts, comments, I don't know. Cool. So the other way that we 
can put ourselves out there and try to get more of that kind of newsworthy, here's something uh, that you wanna talk about, is through social media. So the book will talk about it a little bit. But this uh, is the social account for student academic success that we launched three weeks ago. And already we're definitely using right, those Instagram DMs to get kind of news publicity out there. So it absolutely, especially, I think moving forward, a lot of PR folks are on social media not necessarily always to like run the account. A lot of clients, brands are gonna have right, the social media department, but as PR professionals, it can be very helpful to still be in those spaces, make connections with journalists, organizations, places you think might be interested in your stories. And then you can send them a quick, you know, sort of DM and pitch. And so in this case, this came to our account uh, from the University Program Council and they're just like, hey, we have this event happening, right? Here's basically their pitch to me. The event is, you know, for students. Here's the date, the info, the ask, could you repost it? Um, and I was able to, you know, look at their poster, see what's happening. So yes, I'll add it to our, you know, schedule. So helping them get a little bit of publicity PR out there. I was here for it. And one of the reasons that I think this is a good example is because they made it super clear and easy for me, right? I knew exactly how does it relate to my audience, right? This student academic success account is targeted for students specifically. They told me, hey, it's an event for students. So they seem to understand the audience. They gave me some good details and directly asked uh, or said what they want from me. On this side is one that I sent to uh, UNC. And so first, you know, I had tagged them. So if you are working with like the social team, it can sometimes be helpful to tag sort of people you hope will pick up the story as well. So I had tagged our main UNC account. They liked it, they reshared, you know, us in their story. Obviously we wanna build some of those connections. Social media is a great place for us as PR people to do that. Say, hey, thank you so much. Here's what you can look forward to in the future. And they're like, great will keep sharing you. So we do, and we can use social, you know, to, to further build some of these PR relationships. So that way when you do send them a press release or you do have an actual newsworthy announcement to share, you know, maybe they'll be more likely to do it. Of course, that's gonna be easier in some cases, right? We're a very, you know, localized community. So it's super easy for me to build, you know, these relationships and I am, probably guessing Sydney is the one that did that. Like I actually know these people, but out in the community too, if you work for like local nonprofits, probably a good idea to get familiar with the local newspapers and the local radio stations and start to build some of those connections. If you work for a giant brand, you know, there's still that potential to kind of foster those connections, but it can get a little bit, you just have to be very direct and put yourself out there, which can be a little bit scary but just kind of get in that headspace now. If you want to work in PR, center yourself and find ways you can like put yourself out there because it's kind of critical for the job. Thoughts? Examples from your own lives of putting news out there and it's getting some traction? Well, maybe by the end of this semester, you'll have that kind of story because just as a reminder, like end goal, uh, when you do your reflection posts on the different PR opportunities you offer your client, strongly encourage slash 
will low-key make you. Post it to something like LinkedIn or at least upload it to your portfolio, you know, someplace where you can share and be excited about what you've accomplished this semester. So just keep that in mind. Cool. Nice. All right. One thing that they're going to talk about in the book um, is using social media for really hyper-targeting. Now, a key distinction is in, like, uh, Amy Rosenberg is, of course, talking about this in terms of targeting, like, journalists, targeting news organizations, because we're not directly content marketers. We work with, and there's continued overlap between us and, like, you know, the social media content marketing department, overlap between us and the ad department. But what they're really referring to in the book is using um, tools like the Facebook um, ad manager to actually really drill down and try to get journalists to see kind of upcoming events so they kind of pick up the story and reach out to you. So I just wanted to kind of show you what the back end of that looks like just for a little reference. And so this is, again, our, our UNCO success page. When you run ads and you create an ad, you know, it has all these great wizards. It's exciting. If you go into social, you obviously learn a lot more about that. But let's just pick one. Doop -a -doop. Um, so let's say, okay, the scholarship application. We ran a post. I'd say, oh, we would love if, you know, some news organization would pick that up. <laughs> and so then you can go to the audience and you can do things like create a new audience. You know, and so you might call it, you know, the dirt local journalist. Journalist, right? You can pick from that. We can change things like the age. So in this case, it's like, if I really wanted to target like, some of our student journalists on, on campus or something, right? It might change the age to be much more limited. Um, if you're out working, you know, for a, a company out in the world, you know, maybe you set this, this to be a bit higher. So it's more of like career journalists. Maybe you're starting closer to like the 30 mark because they're like maybe more established to pitch stories. You can select things like location, however many miles. And then this is really where the book was describing is in the detailed targeting section. And so Facebook, you know, and it's like, this is cool, but also like super creepy kind of way, lets us really drill down. And so when you're being served ads, also know like somebody is doing this and you got served it because you hit all these different markers um, based on your social media activity. And so you can look, you know, if you end up doing PR for like uh, a financial um, services or doing something in the financial market, maybe you, you know, drill down by different different relationships, um, education levels, events, I mean, it's a little bit bananas. So we have our demographics. Then we have things like interests and behaviors, which we call what? It's not a demographic, it's a? Yes, exactly, a psychographic. And we love psychographics because it can help with actual like actions. Especially in PR, we're all about kind of reputation management often. Um, so psychographics can be very helpful in that regard. Uh, so yeah, you can have them. This depends on your industry, certainly, um, and who you're working for. You can even pick other psychographics, like behaviors. You can 
see what kind of activities they use. Like Facebook really is allowing people to target these ads so super specifically. Um, and so as you get to that section, this is what you can kind of visualize as you're reading about that is literally we could use social media to like super target people we think would write about the story. Now running ads cost money. Again, in PR, we like to try to minimize the actual cost so that way we can maximize our value to the clients. Um, but I mean, these ads start at like $2 a day. Uh, so it definitely is something just to be aware of. And that's what she's talking about is how like cool and creepy this is, <laughs> basically. <laughs> All right. So that's kind of a quick overview of some like, you know, can examples. So as you're reading, you can kind of connect to like, oh yeah, this is how email played out. This is how a pitch played out. Here's how social media played out. Um, and so we'll definitely talk more about those channels Wednesday, Friday, but I want to switch gears and talk more about the client interview. So that way you are ready and can go tackle that this week. So the biggest thing is you know, try to really hear them. Don't just listen. Are you want to active listening? Yes. But when we say don't just listen, really hear, it really is speaking to, and I do this all the time, like most people and humans, we end up doing this. We listen so that way we can have a response. And we listen so that way we can like form our own ideas and like have something to say back, which as the PR consultants for your clients, yes, it is partially our job to like, hear what they say, take a beat, really think about it, and then have something to offer back of like, okay, here's the strategy, here's what I'm thinking. Um, but that comes sort of second, right? That comes from, okay, I heard you, I hear your key points, I see, you know, these things in the timeline that are important to you to highlight, I hear, you know, what you think your audience is and what audience you want to have. Uh, I, I hear the way that you want to work, when you want me to check in, you go off, and then you create your plan. And then you come back to them, pitch their, those ideas, discuss it, and again, really hear what they're saying and not just like in one ear, out the other. So in your client interviews, these are definitely three core things you want to make sure to talk about with them so that way you're ready for kind of the next steps. And then any other things you find helpful, see where the conversation flows. I would plan for to be like a 30 minute meeting with these folks to make sure you get some of these key details. Um, and so, you know, key points in the timeline, again, these are, is there an event or what events do you have coming up? For your clients, there might be one big event and you can definitely get three different PR opportunities off of one event, right? You can have it in print, you can get it covered, you know, in video, you could get a photo op during the event, you could create a social campaign. So if they only have one kind of big event they're going over, like, 100% you can accomplish all the tasks in the client project. Or if they're like, you know, you just kind of have like ongoing stuff, then you can also work with that and try to pick out, you know, three where you're like, maybe this one makes the most sense for me to try to do in print. Maybe this one makes the most sense for a photo op. Maybe this one makes the most sense to try to get like a podcaster to come and talk about it. Um, and so it can go either direction. Don't like stress out either way. If they're only like, I have one no sweat. They're like, ah, we just do a lot of stuff. Also no sweat. But do think about what those key points are. 
and you know in your head then after you have this meeting you're creating the plan thinking about how much lead time you might need to make sure it gets covered as well so if one of their events is literally in two weeks i would not recommend putting that on the timeline because that is a little too much of a crunch time right i would definitely try to think about what do you have going on like spring break and after kind of that whole month of like half of march and all of april um, are really good kind of events for you to work off of without getting too stressed certainly things that uh, beginning of march can work but um you know, we're going to be specifically kind of covering and working towards these different PR strategies through spring break. And then after spring break, we get into more about like the profession and other stuff. So that way you have the toolkit to kind of work from. So just kind of keep that in mind. Anything in February, you might, you could do it. I'm happy to work ahead with you, but it is going to be probably a little more stressful. Um, make sure you understand who they envision their audience is so you know who you're trying to work with and work for. And then when I say planning the workflow, just make sure you establish who is my key contact with you. Do you want me to always meet? Can I just like send you emails? Just have a little bit of that conversation so you know what they're hoping for and who you should be in touch with. Um, this is just a quick example of, uh, I'm, one of the many committees that I'm on. I am the secretary of, so I have to take notes. And so as you're having this meeting, bullet points are your friend. Do what I call thought markers, which helps us, you know, actually hear without being so distracted about writing things down. And so it's just kind of like take a note on like sticky note to a thought marker, make it a bullet point, and then you can go back and sort of flesh this out further. So as everybody in this meeting was talking about their goals and the timeline, yada yada, I was just putting little thought markers down and then going back and fleshing out full sentences when uh, it made sense and was necessary. So we use this skill all the time. We'll probably end up in some like meeting or committee someday for sure. Okay, quickly, what is one strategy you like to use or you've used in the past when you are trying to be more of an active listener and really hearing someone? For me, it's those uh, sticky notes and thought markers kind of help me process so I can just say, ooh, um, especially when I was meeting with uh, students as an advisor, you know, all day long I had these like essentially client meetings with new students coming in, issues with class, needed success coaching as they're talking about the situation. I always find it helpful to just have like, like a sticky pad and write like one or two words and that was my thought marker. And then I could go back, flesh it out later. So that, that helps me. Yes, that is also a really great way to do it restate kind of what they said to confirm that it's correct and it helps you make sure you're really you know hearing it and then as we verbalize it can help us process the information it's a similar technique to when you're studying if you explain it back to somebody it actually helps you like really know what was going on love that so yeah focus on things and this you know takes a really great amount of like personal understanding and acknowledgement right it is good if we've done enough kind of reflection to be like 
I know myself and I know what I'm not going to remember and I know how much I can remember. You know, some people don't have to write as much down because it just like sticks in their brain. I feel like I'm one of those people. It's probably why I like have always loved school because I just sit in a lecture and I remember stuff. Other books I work with do need to write down a few more of those details, connection, action items. Know yourself. Love that. Yes, asking questions. Definitely kind of what you're saying about, you know, putting ourselves out there for publicity. Yes, but also in a meeting, like, don't be afraid to ask a question. If you don't quite understand, you just need to confirm, put yourself out there, ask more, kind of get them to engage. Yeah, and if it ends up being a Zoom meeting, which a lot of these people, you know, might be open to, definitely. Yeah, some of you can just record it and then you have it back and you can listen. It's a great way to do it. Record it on your phone if you are in person. I love all of these. So definitely think, think about how you can maximize that meeting so you don't have to like go back and be like, wait, I need to meet with you again because I didn't get that info. Or you want to make sure to have that there. Love it. Yes. And so my last kind of piece of thoughts, advice, as you're in these meetings and you're talking to these clients and you're going through this process, think about verbally, what are they actually saying? Right? You want to hear literally the words, of course. Also, though, you want to be reading and kind of hearing visually. You know, what is their body language like? Do they seem more excited when they're talking about something? Do they seem kind of like more muted? And then just the general like vibes. Has the conversation shifted when you brought something up? For good, for worse, it all makes a big difference. So as you know, an example, you might bring something up like, oh, I heard about, you know, this event. Would you want to, you know, run some PR for that? And they say, I don't know about that. If we only listen verbally, it's like, oh, okay, I don't know about that. It could be very negative. It could be like a hard line. I don't know about that. It just doesn't give us enough info. If we think about verbals and visuals, they might say, I don't know about that, with a little shrug. And that could be a signal to you of like, they're not cut off to the idea. Maybe you should expand a little bit more, give them info. Or they could say like, I don't know about that. And it's kind of like, okay. Maybe that's not the path that they want to go down. All right, so we're paying attention to what they say, but also what they're doing, how they say it. And then also just those combined to be the overall vibes. All right, so it's the difference between, I don't know about that, to like, hmm, I don't know about that. Right? One of them is like, let's pitch a new idea. The other is, they seem a little bit more curious. Here's an open door to tell them more. So just kind of pay attention to those three um, to really understand and hear how they're feeling and what they're saying. I love it so much. Cool. All right. Look at that. Okay. You have 12 minutes left. Not too bad. So what did you want you to do um, with the last? I'll, I have one last question, so I'll stop you like about two minutes before. But go ahead and take this time now, like open up your Word document, open up Canvas as well, um, and go ahead, or on your piece of paper, wherever, but 
start writing down your actual questions that you want to ask your client. So that way you have them there on paper, you're ready and prepared to like go right into that meeting. Uh, and then you can also, if you finish that or you'd rather work on your progress reports right now, you could also do that and turn it in. Um, with Again, with your progress reports, your primary task you really wanna think about is like, what are the steps you need to accomplish to get that meeting with your client? Um, and so as you're writing down these questions, these are some things that might be inspiration, but you obviously wanna write it in a way that makes sense to you, your voice, right? So we're thinking about the goal of the client project, understanding their kind of vision, their mission, their organization, what their goals are. Uh, you might ask them, you know, what's one thing you want people to know about. That can sometimes help spark for the planning. Uh, again, specifically, what, what are we working with? I call it an opportunity timeline for myself, uh, but obviously talking to a client, they'd probably be like, I don't understand what that means. So you wanna reword it in a way that makes sense to you. You think will translate, you feel confident asking. And um, yeah, ask about their kind of check-in process. How much do they wanna meet? How do they want to meet? Do they have an online booking link that you should be using to grab those appointments? Do they just want an email? So we'll get some tunage back and just take a few minutes to work on that. All right. Well, thank you, associates. Um, the next episode, we're going to talk about kind of the steps and considerations for a communication audit that helps us create our media kits. And then on Friday, um, we're going to really do more of a workshop on media kits. And so there will not be a recorded episode um, since we're really just going to be workshopping and taking that time to actually create a little infographic that captures some of that core information for the media kit um, for you to uh, both have on your uh, portfolio uh, and then you'll be able to you know give it to your client so they could even use it on their website and you'll have that nice copy saved for when you're working with media organizations. All right, let's go team PR.